Hello, hello, and a very warm welcome to the Mostly Peaceful Mums podcast. I'm your host, Elaine. You can find me anywhere online at the Mrs. What. Now, this is a very first interview podcast, and it's an incredible story with a very courageous young woman and whose story needs to be shared. So please listen through all the way to the end. Just take on board how powerful this truly is and the the bravery that it's taken for this young woman to to relay her story and what has happened in her experience over the last couple of years. I'll pand you over to that podcast episode now and I'll catch you again at the end. Hey there, and a very warm welcome to the Mostly Peaceful Moms podcast. This is my very first interview episode for this podcast, and I'm really excited to welcome a special guest and our first guest for the show, Charlotte Sinclair. Now, Charlotte is a graduate. She's based here in the UK. And as we begin to talk, you'll have seen me chatting on social media about the the different interviews. And if you've listened to the first few episodes of the show, you'll know there are a few formats here. And one of the formats is an interview podcast where we are sharing the stories of people who have been affected by the bizarre happenings of the last couple of years. And this is our very first one. Charlotte, very warm welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) um as good as it can be really um hi yeah. so you kind of covered um who i am i'm from london i'm 22 i'm a recent graduate and there's not really much else exciting i mean my plans post graduating would have been something along the lines of you know going into uh, performing arts and musical theater because oh. that's all i've ever need to do but obviously i can't come and tell you all these fantastic things i'm doing because i'm sick so yeah. yes. <laughs> it doesn't really work out that way no <laughs> And you say about your um, your graduation that, you know, that there's not much to say, but ultimately you forced yourself to complete your course throughout I, what you've experienced, which is huge. I didn't want to let the vaccine win. I didn't want to let the vaccine win in that sense. Um, it was very much of, I really want this. I have been fighting for this as like a young girl and it's all I've ever done. Like I grew up going to performing arts classes and competing and you know performing in shows from a little girl all the way up and then yeah. you know taking over the roles and doing all these fantastic things and then you know to pay all the money and get to uni and be like okay I'm on the last step and then get taken out by the vaccine it's like oh hang on a minute no look I literally sat there from my bed and done it and I managed to come out with a first which I was really wow. really really uh that's my phone going really really uh proud of actually considering everything I'd gone through like I thought lockdown was bad enough but to then get taken out by the back yes it was like what yeah (laughs) and yeah and talking to you I can really hear the the strength and I know you're you know you're upbeat and you're smiling through this which is is amazing but I know that ultimately it's been a very very difficult time so but let's have a look what your thoughts were I mean we touched on the lockdowns what were your thoughts about the lockdowns at the beginning you know how did you feel about what was happening in the world at the time and did you at that stage fully trust the vaccines so I would say immediately I was very very naive I mean lockdown came and obviously uni went online and that was really my only concern I was like how are you going to do drama online it doesn't Mm. work like that (laughs) you know that was really my only concern I was very silly Um, and then I started to see like how like the small businesses were affected and you know families being destroyed and you know lives uh, being lost as a result of the pandemic and then 
um, after that, in comes the rollout of the vaccine. So I was very scared of COVID. My family are very much at risk. And so when the vaccine came out for me, I looked at it as, as a kind of um, like a lifesaver, like a, a ticket back to freedom, you know, yeah. back to normal kind of thing. And I was like, oh, brilliant. You know, we're going to get this. We're only going to have, I think at the time it was two jabs and everything's going to be fine. And yes. I didn't think to research it because I didn't have reason to. You know, I completely... Uh, like at 20 at the time I trusted the government and I was like you know what you know they they wouldn't do anything to hurt us I mean how funny um <laughs> you know I trusted the government I trusted the scientists you know like I was like there'd be massive like outroar if they'd done something bad so surely you know they couldn't be doing anything bad and I just assumed they were piggybacking on the back of something they'd already done that was genuinely yeah. my belief I thought they were going to just piggyback it and that's what I'd like got it rushed through so quickly and my friend yeah you know, um very good friend of mine I was at a party and it was like a post-lockdown party and I remember her saying to me she was like you know these vaccines do more harm than good and I was like no don't be silly <laughs> don't yeah. be silly and she brushed it off and then I went and got jabbed and then obviously after I got sick I had to come back and say to her actually <laughs> you were right you were right yeah right. yeah which is yeah I mean that that is really hard to to do and to accept but mm. but but looking back, ultimately, you were guided. We we were all guided down that pathway of the and and this is the story we were fed. This is the problem. We have the solution. This is what you have to do to get back your freedom and to get out of fear. It was very much that is the path we're taking. This is what mm. you have to do. And it was mm. put to us that way. And it wasn't just said a couple times. It was all the time yeah non-stop all the time. I remember watching all the you know when you when Boris would come on at like four o'clock and he'd chat about it I remember watching all those things and being very on it like my dad he's always watching tv my dad always <laughs> had it on I remember being like just taking note and then kind of like coming away and taking note again and still like I was still going along like la 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 everything's fine mm. you know yeah you know, well it, 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 it's hard to look back and imagine what sort of mindset we were in at the time as well isn't it it yeah, was so think, bizarre yeah. and and because of that it makes full sense that we should be able to trust what we're being told especially as you say well, the you big should. big pharma companies because why as you as you quite rightly said why would I actually need to do my own research yeah. because we've been told <laughs> exactly they've they've done it for us and the, yeah. it, that's been backed up by the fact that it exists and is on the market of course it should be safe of course it should well, be it should be logically Absolutely. I mean how naive was I but then it's not really naive no it's not a matter of informed consent they should have been upfront and honest and I feel like they didn't maybe report on what was actually going on because they were so keen on people to take up the vaccine Definitely. But if anything started coming out, I mean, when I remember when it first came out about the blood clots, and everyone was like, oh, and then it was like, no, 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 it's all fine. It's just AstraZeneca. But actually, yeah. I don't think it is. I don't <laughs> think it is. I don't know. But I don't think it is. So, yeah, I mean, for me, with lockdown, I just kind of got on with it. You know, I was doing uni, and I was like, yeah, fine. You know, just kind of got on with it. That's what, I mean, what else was there to do apart from just get on with it? Quite, you know? quite, absolutely. So, I, so I didn't think much of it. <laughs> no, well, well, quite. Why? Why would we? This was the path out of this awful situation we we were exactly. in. So it, it does make complete sense, and that is exactly the effect that was put onto us. That's what 
the requirement was by the people who created these these solutions for the problem mm-hmm. that we now know, of course, they created. But that aside, when when did you decide to to get that first vaccine? When was that first appointment? Oh, so I got my vaccine ahead of when everyone else my age was supposed to. So okay. at the time, I would have been twenty. I would have been about twenty. And uh, my dad is high risk. He'd had a big stroke and all these okay. things. So he was very high risk. So the nurse had come to the house and he, he obviously came to jab my dad. And he was like, oh, is there anyone else in the house? And my mum had been jabbed by Pfizer, so she didn't need to. She was like, oh, you know, all my kids are in there. So it was me and my brother uh, who was living at home at the time. And we both got jabbed. And obviously at the time, I didn't think anything of it. So that was um, January 2021. And then I went back and had my second jab in May 2021. Right, two AstraZenecas is what I had. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, you know, it's like, um, I guess my symptoms started straight away, but I didn't add it up. Like, I didn't connect dots. Right. Um, So, obviously, I got this stereotypical, like, you know, when you get your flu vaccine, I don't know if you've had a flu vaccine, but, you know, you get your flu vaccine and your arm swells and you get a bit fluey and a headache and you feel a bit there. So, you know, I got all of those things and I just thought, oh, well, this is what happens with a flu vaccine. Like, I had no reason to think anything dodgy of it um and even like I had I remember putting it down to so many different things and I know that um I've said before and like jab injuries posts and things like that that yeah. you know I was getting the breathlessness and I was like oh you're unfit just dismissed it completely yeah you know, the temperature regulation issues and I was like oh, it's a bit weird but you know I'm sure I'm fine and you know the headaches and you know oh you're not drunk enough and you know the you know my arm was going dead and I was like oh wow. you know probably just slept funny you know because I did sleep funny and my arm would go dead and I would get yeah of course you know I didn't have any reason to think anything else and what I thought was it was just a load of uh individual different things and I didn't think to add them up yeah (laughs) and of course well of course and you've been previously healthy and as a young 20 year old woman why would you you know think anything other than you know this is just a few different little things that happen and each thing individually was just a tiny small thing but but as they start to group together it becomes much bigger so so when did you really realize that something wasn't right when did you decide hang on <laughs> um about a month later so a bit of context I yeah. have very heavy periods because I have a bleeding disorder so okay. I track my periods religiously and always have done since I started them so I've always tracked my periods and I've always tracked how heavy they are and how, you know, light they are and all these different things because they are monitored by um, a team of consultants at the hospital. Okay. So every year I go and talk to them about how it is. And sometimes that could stop me, you know, taking part in PE because I guess it's a bit TMI, but it was like walking around with a nappy on, you know, yeah. like there were so many pads and um, they were very, very heavy. And yes. um, so it's at that point. So the point I'm making is I always had them monitored and tracked, right? Yeah. So I have my first vaccine and then my period disappears for two months. Now that is really, really unlike me. I am regular as clockwork. Pregnancy was out of the question, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, like that's when it started to click. And I was like, oh, okay. Could be the vaccine. I remember Googling it. I remember laying in my bed and Googling, you know, you know, does the vaccines stop your periods and there was like a handful of people saying yes and I was like oh okay still just thought nothing of it I was still start to think okay it's normal you know it's normal for it to do that for that yeah yeah still justifying it in your head because yeah 
still justifying it. Yeah. So they disappeared for two months and then they appeared back uh, for one month. And then I had my second lot and they went again. And I was like, right. So that's definitely confirmed yeah. a result of the vaccine to me. Yeah. Um, and I remember sending to my, uh, talking to my sister and saying like, oh, you know, beware <laughs> yeah periods are gonna stop and then hers didn't and I was like right okay <laughs> was like, oh, that's a bit weird but you know they came back and I was like okay fine again thought nothing of it um the only time things started to get a little bit more sinister was by July 2021 yeah. that's when everything had like started to add up and kind of got a bit like Ooh, okay stop you know <laughs> yeah so, July 2021 and it was maybe the end of July and I had this issue with what I thought was my ear like I had this like pressure in my ear and uh I can't really explain it it was like kind of traveling down under under the side of my jaw and like this burning pain down the side of my jaw and my neck and wow. I swallowing and I was like okay maybe I've just got a really bad ear infection or something yeah still thinking each thing is not related to the other no that makes total sense I rang the doctor and I was like to the doctor I explained what was going on I was like pressure it's like you know when you're on a plane and your ears pop it was like one ear would pop and I was like okay it's a bit weird but oh well you know just go and take Sudafedin it'll clear it and I was like great so I you know I took myself on down to Tesco I bought the Sudafed and I come home and um, I took the Sudafed, and that night uh, I ended up calling a paramedic out because I thought I was having a heart attack. And, wow. Um, so basically, I believed at that time that I was having a really bad reaction to the Sudafed. One tablet, one tablet could cause all that damage. That's what I believed at the time. Yeah. And um, so out comes the paramedic, and my heart is racing. And I mean, really, really racing. I have never known it race like that. And um, after I think yeah I've been woken up out of my sleep with these like body jolt things I can't really explain it it's like you know when you feel like you're falling and you wake up it's a bit similar yeah to that. wow I was woken up out of my sleep and it was racing and I was like okay that ain't good and I was sitting there and I was dizzy and I was like I don't feel good and then it started to skip right and I was like oh <laughs> whoa and then I married it up with the jaw pain and I was like so you know, I'd kind of Gosh, got my mum out there. Terrifying. I was like, like Mum, I ain't well. Like, I, you need to call someone out. And I've never in my life called out a paramedic. Never, yeah. ever called out a paramedic. So for me to call out a paramedic, I must have been feeling really, really sick. Yeah, because so they're serious the in no way. Mm-hmm. Out comes the paramedic, and you know he sits there. He attaches me up to an ECG at home. And uh, my pulse was racing. I know that much. I know my heart rate was very fast. And, you know, I'd explained to him what had happened and that I'd taken the Sudafed. And on the back of the Sudafed, I was like, oh, maybe it's an adverse reaction to that. Yeah. You know? And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. It's an adverse reaction to that. And, you know, your heart rate will calm down. And so, you know, he was like, go and see a GP. So I was like, okay, fine. So um, the next day I got up and again, I tried to dismiss it and pretend it never happened. So I yeah. got up the next day and I was supposed to be meeting up with my friends. I remember saying like, oh, I can't do it. I don't feel very well. I'll be fine in two weeks. I remember sending the message. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so how, how ironic that I wasn't fine in two weeks. But, no. you know, I, I'd i gone, what did I do? I got up the next day and I'd gone to a supermarket with my mum. And I was walking around and I felt awful. I was really dizzy. Again, heart oh, racing. Gosh. And 
I come home and I was gagging and I was retching. It was like, I thought maybe like the Sudafed was trying to come out, you know, like, yeah. you know, kind of if I brought it up, it would kind of go away. But yeah, this was like, you, you think it would just clear it and yeah. Yeah, you can move on. And I was drinking loads and loads of water and I was trying to like flush it through kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, that yes. Was my logic yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously I'd done all that and I'd got to see the GP, not the day after, but at the end of that week because he wasn't free. So I, got, I, I go to the doctor and I was like, this is what's happened. I got called out by paramedics and he was like, oh, it's a blocked eustachian tube. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, okay. I'm going to go away. What can we do about it? And he was like, oh, it'd be gone within three weeks. And I was like, okay, sure. Great. I feel great about that. And just thought, just by itself, were they were they yes. saying it would just clear up by itself? Okay, yes, clear up by itself, and if not, they had to do some sort of procedure. And I was like, I'm, I'm not feeling the procedure, but I'm hoping it'll clear up. Yeah. You know, again, I had no reason to not believe them. I had so much faith in them, and I'd come home, and that night I was having a really like strange episode. I thought they were panic attacks, but looking back on it, I I don't think they were. Um, so I was at home and I would be sitting there, I would just be chilling, you know, watching Netflix or whatever, probably yeah. watching something funny. And and then all of a sudden my heart would just start racing out of nowhere. And I don't mean racing to the limit it was the other night. And I was like, right. And I thought it was a panic attack is what I thought. Because I'd had something similar when I was younger and I was having panic attacks. So I kind okay. of put it down to that. Um, and I was shaking, really, really shaking and um, dizzy and to the point where I was getting my mum to come and sit next to me and hold my hand. Like, oh, you and your poor mum as well must have been panicking too. Like, literally a mess. And every time that happened, I then thought I would have to call a paramedic out. Obviously, I didn't, but it was just my anxiety going, oh, no, yeah. it's happening again, you know. And um, so that happened and that continues happening over that weekend. And at that point, then the next day, my jaw locks up. So then it starts what? again. <laughs> so my jaw locks up and I'm like, okay, right. So, you know, you go back, you call the doctors and you're like, my jaw's locked. And I got hold of this woman and uh, she was there and she wasn't very nice. She really wasn't. She basically just told me to go away. Uh, <laughs> Your jaw's <laughs> locked up and she just tells you to go away. Pretty much. Wow. Um, so I'd run around and I was like, help. Like, I really don't feel good. This has all been happening. Now my jaw's locked. So, you know, I ended up um, contacting an ENT spe- uh, specialist and he was brilliant. Absolutely so e- brilliant. ENT's ear, nose and throat, isn't it? Ear, nose and throat. So okay. I contacted one of them and uh, he was absolutely brilliant. So he, right. you know, does the one of like the hearing tests and, you know, checks you out and sees what's going on. And he's like, no, 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 no. So that's like about a month, like over a month. And he kind of determined in the end that there was no blocked eustachian tube, right? Okay, like, so straight away, that's no, not that's not it. Not so you know, okay, yeah, no. So there was no blocked eustachian tube, so that wasn't the reason for it. And he suggested that it could be TMD, so like a TMJ disorder. So you know, your jaw goes a bit wrong. And he'd give me these exercises, and obviously he'd said to me, you know, stick to a soft food diet because. I can. I remember so clearly. I had a spoon and I had broccoli on the spoon. And by the time yeah. I'd got the spoon in and like a tiny bit of broccoli, I couldn't get anything else in. So it wasn't really uh, working. So yeah. I was drinking for a straw and obviously getting dehydrated from all that. Um. So he tells me to go to a soft food diet and all these different exercises to try and open the jaw, and it does work eventually. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I said to him by that point I'd ended up uh, pretty much bedridden because I was so dizzy. But the minute I stood up, my heart raced and I was dizzy and I was like, I'm going to collapse. So I just stayed in bed because how can you navigate the world like that? It's dizzy? Like, no, you can't. 
you can't I mean it's hard enough when you're drunk you know like you're trying to navigate it but this is something else but this is a whole new yeah this this is the full day like that this is the the full experience yeah it's It's not not just like a short time till the alcohol clears this is not going away it stayed like it it didn't go away I was waking up like it um and I remember at the time I was able to uh, stand up in the showers. I remember trying to shower and nearly collapsing and seeing stars and all these things. And I was like, this Gosh. is not right. This is not right. And I remember like having to call my mum to come get me out of the shower, shaking, oh, no towel rad, like, help. <laughs> you know, which I look back and I kind of laugh on now out of like, I think it's more fear and like. Yeah, just, just trying to, yeah, just trying to get that right in your brain. Did this it's actually happen? funny, no. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. So obviously I was bedridden, heart racing, dizziness, and I'd contacted them again. And I was like, I started doing my own research. I was like, maybe I'm deficient in something, you know, like, is it an iron deficiency? Is it, you know, kind of coming down that road? And is it my thyroid maybe? And, you know, coming down that road. And I remember uh, phoning yet another member of that doctor's surgery and they were like, okay, we'll go and get you tested for them. Nothing. So I did all these blood tests, nothing coming back. So there's, like, there's right. no, sh- no, uh, nothing no. lacking, everything fine. No. Everything fine, apart from a vitamin D deficiency that they worked out by the September. But, you know, we'll skip back a bit and carry yeah. on the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, nothing wrong with me, essentially. And I kept taking it as well, right? So there's nothing wrong with me. But why am I feeling like this then? Like, and I remember saying to him, yeah. I was like, I was, I was like, can I have some dizziness meds? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he prescribes these dizziness meds. And I, and I remember at the end of the call, I was like, I have had the vaccine lately you don't suppose considering I lost my periods after it that it's anything to do with that and he was like no no of course it's not and I was like okay fine you know because I was very pro didn't even entertain the idea no not really and I you know I was very pro-vax at the time so I kind of took that as a relief yeah of course yeah your brain (laughs) wants to confirm that what you think is right is right Mm. so you know I was quite pleased with that uh, but I still was sick and still like it's all over the phone and I was going backwards and forwards to the doctors and I was having these episodes of like a racing heart in the middle of the night for no reason and a racing heart as soon as I stood up and a racing heart whenever I did anything to the point where I'm very lucky like my house is adapted because of my dad's strokes we have a shower chair and we have like a stair lift and I had to start using them because by the time I got up the top of the stairs I was like gone feeling awful <laughs> that's it that's it me done for the day you know so I'd given up you know and I was very much bedridden to the point I was eating my meals in bed and only coming downstairs I think for dinner and after I'd come up to come down for dinner I was like I need to go to bed like I just kept putting myself to bed and thinking rest it'll be fine yeah just um, I've got to get through this what's the best thing I'll for be my fine. body you know you automatically think rest and you've yeah. already thought of um checking and your body's not deficient like yes. I tried everything I rang the doctors everything you're meant to do you know, so I was going backwards and forwards. I was phoning one one one. I was googling. I was trying everything. Right. So, what sort of and, period um, of time are we looking at now since the 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 jab? Is since, this going over a few weeks? Is this a couple since, months? No, since the first jab, the first jab was January. This is we're kind of sitting at uh, end of July, mid August. So it all right. starts really, really firing off in the July August period. That's when life becomes pretty much unbearable <laughs> at that yeah. point. So. You know, I go backwards and forwards to the GP and like I've seen loads of doctors in that surgery and I get to see my proper G, uh, my proper GP, like my actual GP. Yeah. And um, I was phoning him and I was like, listen, I really, really don't feel well. Explaining to him, I had this big A4 page, everything that happened. <laughs> Gosh, that yeah. 
girls like we've tested for this we've done this we've done this we've like literally listing all the things we've done what is wrong with me um and I remember saying to him like um I'm really really anxious now like it's frightening me like I've been unwell for what I thought at the time was three weeks yeah you know I thought it was three weeks it was obviously obviously a lot longer yeah you know I've been unwell for three weeks now you're kind of you know I don't want to say it but you're really kind of taking the mick here you know yeah Yeah, I need some help now like if you don't know what's wrong with me just refer me like someone just needs to tell me what's wrong because it's driving me mad and uh he referred me in the end for health anxiety and I was like, okay. I haven't got health anxiety. Like I, like, I can't explain it, but it's like, you know, you've got symptoms yeah. and they're causing the anxiety, not the anxiety not... causing the symptoms. Yes, it's not the you other know? way around. So, you, so, so they're trying to treat something that's caused by the symptom rather than treat the symptom itself. Pretty that makes much. no sense. So he ref- he's like, you know, go and send yourself off for that. So I was like, right, fine. I'll refer myself for health anxiety if you book me in for a 24-hour ECG. And he was like, no, I can. You know, he kind of humoured me. And uh, he was good enough to, he did keep his word. You know, he did humour me. He did book me in for the scans and the tests. He was good enough to keep his word. Yeah. Um, So the next day after that phone call, I woke up really, really breathless. And still, you know, obviously the doctor had said to me, it's not the vaccine. And I was like, oh, well, it must be a chest infection. (laughs) It's the only other reason I'm breathless, you know, like. I did have asthma and that would be the only reason my asthma would flare up would be chest infection, winter yeah. illness, you know, but it was in the middle of the summer and I was like, sure. <laughs> must be just still trying to <laughs> figure out what on earth, your brain just on overdrive, what's, oh, what this, is happening? When Looking I look for stuff, it, yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you? How did you not see it? But, you know, I was so, so naive. So Plus I you've been, back. you know, brainwashed through the whole <laughs> thing uh, with this giant, oh barrage of information that and you've been told by a doctor this is nothing to do with the the jab so all understandable fully so I go back and I'm like I think I've got a chest infection and he's like no you haven't and um someone referred I don't know what they give me they give me some medicine that can't be taken if you're having an ECG so obviously I rang him back up and was like, I can't take that. No, 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 no. And they were like, okay, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, <laughs> just kind of left me to it. Um, yeah. And I remember I'd managed to see my GP for the first time. So it's the first time he's seen me. Remember, there was other doctors that had seen me. Yes. And the rest were all phone calls. So he sees me for the first time. And we have to, like, literally tell him, I haven't got COVID. Like, I've got a COVID test saying negative. I am not, I don't have COVID. I've not got that, yeah. Life. So he takes me into this room, not in the normal servicing like rooms you'd get in your GP. He takes me around the back. So we go around the back and he's like, oh, this is the COVID secure bit. And he's all dressed up in his PPE, which I understand. You know, you're right. doctor, you don't want to catch this. Um, and he comes up to me and he's like, your heart rate is a little bit fast. And I was like, well, no. <laughs> <you've got> <laughs> yeah. I've kind of been saying this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, you know, you kind of keep quiet. I'm very, like, in person, I'm a very timid person. I'm very much like, oh, really? Is it? Well, I haven't noticed, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, are you, are you breathless? Are you, are you anxious? And at the time, I was a little bit anxious, but definitely not super anxious. Yeah. So I was like, you know, if anything, relief, someone is finally seeing me. They're going to fix it. Anyway, yeah. so he's like, he disappears and he comes back and he's like, you need to go to a and And I was like, I need to go to a and and he was like, yeah, wow. yeah, I think he's got a blood clot in the lung. And oh, I was like, my gosh. Right, thanks. You're like, you know, so obviously mum gets in the car, you know, we stop at home, we pack a bag just in case we're overnight and we go driving off to A&E. And at that point, 
it clicks and I'm like blood clot in the lung and I worked out that I couldn't have blood thinners or at least I don't think I can because of my bleeding disorder right Um, so and I thought blood thinners were what undone a blood clot so I was sat there and I was like I can't I can't what's the treatment for me (laughs) so I sat there in the car and I'm like mum she's like yes yes I have I know you're gonna have to deal with it in a minute you know like we're all Gosh. very very stressed and uh so I get into A&E and I'm dizzy and they won't let my mum come in with me uh because it's in obviously the height of COVID and it's one person each and my mum was like she's really busy she, she, she can't stand there you know you have to stand there in the queue and like sign up and sign in and all that and my mum was like she can't stand there and I was like, no, 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 I can't. But anyway, they didn't listen. And I had to go and stand in there for about 40 minutes. I was standing. Bear standing mind, up whilst you're dizzy for 40 and minutes. Rate, and the heart rate while you're standing is going to climb, isn't it? Yeah. Because, because it's already been climbing. Yeah. Right. So I'm standing there and I see the first lady and I'm like, oh, you know, check in my name, you know, Charlotte, date of birth and all this. And I was like, I pulled out my bleeding card. So I've got a bleeding card that states that I've got a bleeding disorder. And if there's right. any like, major trauma going on, you need to call this number. So I pull it out and I'm like, I explain what it means. And they're like, yeah, 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 we know what that means. We'll do something about it. And I just naturally assumed they were going to call my bleeding team. Yeah. You know, because obviously I'm not a normal person. You can't give me blood thinners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. you really can. And to a normal doctor, they're just going to give you blood thinners and not think twice. You yeah. know, they're going to want to try and fix you as quick as they can. So I yeah. was like, panic, absolute panic. Um, and I go to the next do- uh, next little nurse, like receptionist bit, and I'm like saying the same thing. And I'm like, you need to call them. And then I go outside and I'm saying to mum, like, they're not calling them. They're not calling them. Uh, they didn't even move, right? And I was like, they're not even calling them. Gosh. So I was freaking out. And in the end, um, my sister, we get hold of my sister to ring them. And uh, I get seen by the triage bit and I go in to see the first doctor and he puts obviously the uh, blood pressure thing on my arm and the thing on my finger. And uh, I just remember the look on his face. He kind of like went like a ghost. It's the only way I can explain it. He just looked at me and he's like, wow. Feeling? And I was like, well, I've got chest pains. And he just looks as if to say, oh no. Like he obviously must have thought I was having a heart attack or something. But, Goodness you know, and at the time me. I honestly believed that's what was wrong and obviously I didn't find out until later that my pulse was really 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 high at this point yeah and uh, I got uh they went out to the car park to get my mum who previously wasn't allowed in they went out to the car park to get my mum and called her in and were like we're taking her to recess oh my goodness at the time me still absolutely oblivious like at that point I was like it's okay well we'll grand because it was only like a handful of steps yeah, I thought I was like, yes, yeah, Chris fault. And he was like, no, 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 you need to get in the wheelchair. And I was like, no, don't be silly. It's literally like a handful of steps. I can walk that. And he was like, no, no, we need to wheel you. And I was like, that's at the point where I realised I was really, really realised how big. Yeah, and I remember at that point, I remember messaging um one of my friends, and I I was like, you know, it's not really the message you want to hear. You know how I haven't been well. I don't think I'm going to make it out of this one. It was oh, genuinely my gosh. what I said. And at, like at the time, twenty, you shouldn't have to be trying to make your goodbyes to the people you love at twenty. Because I'd worked out blood thinners can't have them, high heart rate, heart attack, possibly, you know. And I was like, I ain't making out of this one. Like, wow, I don't think Charlotte, you know. that's awful. So you know, I laugh along it because if I don't, if I don't, well, laugh, yeah, I'll cry, yeah, know? I so, totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So I remember, you know, contacting you know my pers- my best friends at the time. So it would have been Adam, my friend Courtney, and I was like, listen, I don't think we're going to make it out of this one. 
And um, I was like, it's obviously not the message you want to hear. And he was like, no, 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 don't say that. And I was like, no, really, really, I'm really, really not well. I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it. I'm saying it because I really, yeah, really I'm not don't being dramatic think I'm well. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I am very dramatic, but in this case, I'm not being dramatic. Straight. So I get like obviously rushed into resource, and the resource team were lovely, so lovely. And obviously the haemophilia, uh, so I've got bleeding disorder, the haemophilia team, they come down and then they're talking to them and they get x-rayed and, you know, they're like hooking me up to an IV drip and they're like asking me all these different questions. And then eventually yeah. after about, I think it might be an hour and a half, two hours or what felt like that, roughly. Mm-hmm. I was in there a good while in recess and um, then they moved me down to majors. So that was obviously like a bit of relief in my head of, okay. So we're out of the immediate danger. <laughs> yes, think you feel like it's de-escalating a little. But were you yeah, feeling yeah. any better at that point, or nope? If anything, okay. I kind of come across pretty asymptomatic. Like I was just chill. Like I'm talking to you now. I was like, yeah, laughing my way for it. You know, because obviously, if I acknowledge what's going on, I'm going to have a complete breakdown. So I'm like, yeah, That's fine. I am just very, very anxious. You know, yeah. So, uh, I took obviously I got into uh, majors and the doctors are coming round and they're like hooking me up to like the pulse and the blood pressure and all this. And one of the nurses, I remember her coming round, she goes to me, your, your heart is going like you're running. And yet I'm just sat there laying in the bed. Yeah. Like, is it? I hadn't noticed. Like, I genuinely hadn't. Like, it must have been going so fast for so long. I'd become You'd used almost this new, to new normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? Is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, like, I'll try and get it down, drinking some more water and then. You know, they're still flushing me through loads of IV drip, basically. And then one of the doctors comes in and they're like, do you have any history of sudden death in your family? What? And I was like, no. And then my mum was obviously there to clarify, no. Like, any history of heart problems? No. Uh, we obviously mentioned my my uh, nan and granddad, they'd had a heart attack, but they were, like, well in their, like, 50s and 60s yeah. and all that. Like, they were older. Mm. Uh, and at 20 it's not really not no no people at 20 Mm. years old healthy young nothing wrong uh so I was like no not any of that I was like my dad had a stroke but again he was older you know Mm -hmm. literally couldn't they couldn't piece it together is what I was getting they couldn't quite work it out and they said to me if my heart reaches 100 then I can go home uh, and at the time, I remember talking to him. I remember seeing my heart at 142, which was quite good because it had obviously wow. been a lot higher than what it, you know, it would have been. You right. know, so in my head, I was at 142, record. We're going to get out of here in no time. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> this is an improvement. Wow. I thought it was great. It was 142. That's brilliant. You know, uh, and obviously we got to the end of the night and uh, I still hadn't gone for a CT scan. So... They couldn't yeah. let me out yet. And my heart rate didn't hit 100. So I obviously wasn't going home. Right. And I was like, right, okay. Um, <laughs> what now? Again, you know, they tested me again for COVID and again, coming back, not so. Um, and I get taken into uh, like an acute assessment unit thing. Yeah. And I go there and they're like, your mum can't come in with you. Now, by then I'm in tears because I'm like, oh. I'm like, you don't understand. Like I'm not a normal person. <laughs> You yeah, know, I've got a bleeding disorder that arguably no one understands. They I just weren't listening. And not listening. And, you know, I go to the doctors and I say to them, I've got this bleeding disorder. Can I take this med? And they go, yeah. And you come back, look at the side effects and it'll say, don't touch it. And I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, people, you're already like, used to people not quite getting it and having to explain it to people. Yeah. So 
I was sat there and I was absolutely crying my eyes out. I was like, no, because if I fall asleep and you come and jab and me, someone me, does like, something. Oh my gosh, that's I'm going awful. To and that had happened with my sister when my sister had been rushed into hospital and she'd been operated on and they tried to give her blood thinners. And obviously, she'd got really, really ill. So I was having like a complete breakdown at this point. Yeah, that on top of what you're already nurses, experiencing would be. Yeah, you think the nurses wouldn't try and, you know, give you a breakdown considering your heart rate is that high? What? Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, why would you try and put a heart rate up anyway? So they were like, oh, no, no, she can't stay. And then they let her stay eventually. Um, and I go for the CT scan and they find nothing. So there was no blood clot. And eventually, like, by the next morning, she has to leave. And I'm stuck in there for a few hours. And obviously that day, I have my 24-hour ECG organised. Like, I, you know, the doctor promised me. Oh, the previous so, appointment. Yeah, okay. Previous appointment. So I was like to him, you know, I'll be fine. You know, I'm going for that. You know, they're going to work it out. I was probably just anxious because I didn't know what else to think. If it wasn't a blood clot, then I must have just been anxious. Yeah. You know, I wasn't aware that there were all these dodgy heart rhythms and whatnot. I was like, fine and I, I got myself discharged and I was like haha and that, by then I thought I was great I was like look at me I got out <laughs> yeah and um so then we go for my 24-hour ECG and when the results come back for that my doctor again is like no you're fine and then I uh, asked him to print what was actually on there and um I had um highs of 178 and I wasn't running I was just walking and not very fast bear in mind I've just come out of hospital I'm not going to be running myself down the road am I no, you know, no, I no, no. 75 just walking a short walk um, and then when I was sleeping it was dropping nice and low so it's obviously when I'm walking when I'm moving about there's issues there yeah being upright uh, and still and still he was like nope nothing wrong and uh, by then, I'd found my discharge report from the hospital and it said ventricular tachycardia. And so, you know me, I'm, I'm very, I'd say like my, I'd say that my knowledge is a double-edged sword, you know, like it's yeah. a good thing because I know what's going on, but a bad thing because I know what's going on. So I yeah. Know what that means. And then I'm like, oh, it's like it could be potentially lethal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, why have they sent me home with no meds? Like, why have they just left me? Like, I was in absolute state. I'm ringing the doctor back up and I was like, what is this? And he was like, we can't access the uh, ECG, so I can't tell you what's going on, but it doesn't look like that, but it is that. And I was like, well, what is going on? Um, so I go back to the GP again. And I'm like, listen, I'm still sick. You know, if I was going to recover from it, I would have recovered from it by now, don't you think? Like, I'm still sick. Can we, can we do something about this? Like, is there some sort of med? Is there something we can do? And I remember him saying to me, my magic wand isn't working today. And you know, at that point, you just go, I'm done. <laughs> you know, at that point, you're like, I just need to leave now. So, yeah, he said that to you my magic wand isn't working I was like you know like obviously I just looked at him as if to say I have I haven't even got the energy you know to deal with you at the minute I'm just like okay you don't want to help that's that's fine you know just send me for this oh goodness for. and when I see my consultants in the in the winter for my bleeding disorder I'm gonna talk to them kind of thing yeah because every time I come off the phone with them I was crying and I was like I just you know I was begging for someone to help me it's all mm. I wanted someone to help you know and I also remember and I've missed that point but I'll highlight that very quickly in the hospital you know when I said I was upset and I was like you know 
everyone yeah. doesn't understand haemophilia and, yeah and no one's listening you know i can't take ibuprofen but you know the average person would just assume yeah ibuprofen fine you know yeah it's like very and i remember talking to the nurse and i remember the nurse saying i remember watching that nurse when i was having the mini breakdown i remember the nurse saying oh, she's 20 you know she's a grown woman you know like she should be fine i'm like no you don't get it you know and that same yeah. nurse comes to me the next morning and she's like what is haemophilia I oh what she'll be like, fine and then so what is that by the way my point. you prove my point you know you wait until the end of your shift and then ask me who is it it just proves my point that I, I, I wasn't safe or I didn't feel safe no. in their hands um and then another nurse had come around to me and she was like it was a textbook case and I was like right you know so obviously when they took the thing out of my arm whether you know the iv drip had been in they took the thing out of my arm also my arm's gonna bleed and it's like really really bleeding they put the gauze down and it yeah. soaked through the gauze in seconds and she just looked at me and i was like it'll be fine give me another and i'll hold my hand it'll be fine you know and then yeah. i was like i'm dizzy and she was like i don't think you should leave i was like no i'm leaving trust me i'm better off that. i'm <laughs> definitely not staying here <laughs> goodness me who needs a bush tucker trial when you've got, you've got the hospital but you know <laughs> <laughs> so at, at this point was there any more talk about the the jab did they try and did anybody listen to you about did you think to mention it again at this stage or are you just just getting through this minute at this point i'm googling it myself and i yeah. come across like adverse reactions and i'm like okay so maybe it's not pseudofed that's caused all this maybe yeah. it's genuinely and my sister my sister was ringing me and she's like it's that jab and she was double jabbed herself. She was like, Scott, babe, it's the only thing that's changed. You know, yeah, nothing that's the else. Only thing you've done. Yeah. You've done nothing else. It's got to be that. And uh, yeah, so as time goes on, you know, I have, uh, I beg the man that's running my GP like thing for a um, cardiology appointment. Yeah. And uh, that's booked in for the December. So I'm kind of just kind of ticking along. And I remember it hit my 21st birthday and everyone's supposed to be out and, you know, celebrating. And I attempted to go to the theatre, which was, oh, highly amusing but I look back on it yeah I won't be doing that again Gosh. um so I attempted to go to the theatre and my heart rate was sitting uh over 140 the entire time and at 180 just standing and let alone the walking it was like really really racing because I had a Fitbit on at the time so you and I was able see. to see what was going on um so that was causing even more anxiety when I come home and realized what it was doing and I was like this ain't right this is not right um so along comes December and by obviously at this point we're in the new semester for uni, uh, semester for uni, and uh, yeah. I can't go because I can't even stand up. So how are you supposed to do drama when you can't even stand up? So obviously I have to like kind of fight for that and go online, and um, so I'm online for uni. And December comes and the appointment gets cancelled, and I'm wow. like, right, okay. So um, now what? So did so they, they rebook it? What happened then? They reschedule it. And uh, it was organised to be in the same hospital that I was, that I obviously had been admitted to when I was right. really, really well. So I had a little bit of trauma there. So I knew my heart rate was going to be up anyway. So, you know, I go to that appointment. They're like, come in and see us. We're going to the appointment. And they're like, actually, we can't see you because this is a telephone appointment. And I was like, no, it ain't. Like the thing quite clearly states, park up, come in, in person. And it was like, no, 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 it's definitely a telephone appointment. And I was like, right, fine. So, you know, I wait and I, um, my mum's like, I want to refer to another hospital and kind of go from there. Yeah, this is getting silly. We need to speak to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. So at that point, someone calls and they're like, you know, how are you feeling? I'm explaining everything that's going on. I explained the vaccine. And they're like, right. And that's when they start organising these tests. So they want another ECG. Right. 
they want another you know the one where they like stick um obviously yeah ecg and then they've got the other one where they kind of go over you like an ultrasound of your heart kind of thing right right they give me one of them and they book up for all these different things and like uh kidney tests and all these different blood tests i'd go in for so that was going on and at that time i was also trying to walk so i was trying to walk and as I was trying to walk, I was getting all these skip beats. So then I realized that walking probably wasn't the best option. So I kind of frightened myself there. And I was contacting a private cardiologist at the time. You know, my family tipped in. And I was yeah. like, what is this? And is it the vaccine? No. Okay, right, it's fine. Just so still anyway, denial. Time, no. Well, you don't entertain it. But anyway, as time goes on, um, the cardiology that I was under now was absolutely brilliant. And they run through all these tests and it basically said I was healthy like structurally my heart is fine um you know and the blood tests were fine and the only thing that came back as dodgy was the rhythm so right. what happened from there is I didn't have ventricular tachycardia in recess which I is in, what they uh, first were saying yes I was in SVT so supraventricular tachycardia um, okay slightly different slightly different um so I had that in resource. So that was cleared up for me. So that's already one dodgy rhythm. So one SVT. They were like, yep. Yeah, and you've also got inappropriate sinus tachycardia. And I was like, right, IST. Okay, note that down. And we think you've got POTS too. So postural static. Yeah. Um, so tachycardia syndrome. So basically from there, I'm like, okay, so there's three things wrong with me now. At least I know what's wrong. You know, yeah. what are we going to do about it? And they were like, yeah, we're going to, you know, try and get you approved on these meds. Obviously, your your haemophilia team have to say if that's okay or not. Um, so they marry up the meds and I get given these meds. I can only take them on an as and when basis as opposed to every day. So only if I'm feeling really, 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 really bad do I take it. And obviously, if I'm not moving about, I'm not leaving the house. It's not like stupidly often I have to take it. But um, definitely like moving about the house and the high heart rates, it all still happens. But I've just got used to it. You know, I'm so used to it now. I'm like, right, you know, it's, it's only so... on really, really bad days. I just have to kind of suck it up and deal with it. So, yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> so, so you're still, so so say we, we were talking just a few minutes ago about December, the appointment that was changed in December. Yeah. That was December 21. That was eventually December got 21. for that appointment, which was still December 21, was it? When no, you, no, 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 no. My new appointment, sorry, my new appointment came through for February. 22. So it left you another three months alone. And all all these problems. Month, another month of all the tests. And, right. you know. And then I didn't get my meds. Ongoing. May, I reckon. I think it was about May I got my meds because I took them for the first time in June. So, you know, by May, I've got a rough idea. And there's a letter that comes through and they like reset, like talking about what we spoke about in the appointment. And they say on it, you know, she's been experiencing all this post her vaccine. So they are acknowledging that post her vaccine, this is what happened, you know? Right. Um, and on call, they said to me, like, there's literally no other reason other than that. Like, literally, there was no other reason. It had to have been that because there's nothing else. Like, you know, caffeine. I'd cut caffeine completely from my diet. Completely. Wow. It doesn't exist. And I'd done, you know, all the things that you'd think would put your heart rate up, stopped it completely. Completely stopped it. And uh, I'd started joining from then all these, like, support groups for, like, POTS and all these different, like, rhythm issues. And, you know, and then again, obviously, I now have the vaccine as so. So then I started searching for all the support groups. I'd come across this brilliant support group and I joined them and I was looking at all their things and like how their experiences and they're not much different. You know, wow. a lot of them gaslighted, a lot of them ignored, a lot of them just kind of like, eh, you know, 
I so mean, me, aside yeah. from all of the 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 awful symptoms and all this awfulness that you you've been through, on top of that, you're mm-hmm. treated like you're the insane one. And oh, oh my no, goodness, I no! Like I was crazy. I genuinely felt like like I'd been through all the counselling as well. So I'd been to the health anxiety. You know, like I'd promised. Yeah, like you said, you I'd would. Been yeah, three counsellors and. They didn't fix it. I think what I've got is PTSD. I think that's what's wrong um, in that sense. Like, I don't think I've got health anxiety. I think I've got PTSD um, yeah. from all of this is what I think is going on. And, yeah, it's so much gaslighting uh, and there's no help. There's no help, really. So, so you're still struggling with all of these. Oh, yeah. So now what's happening is you're you're – managing it with ongoing meds and have you been given any sort of um idea of when this will be fixed so they seem to think it was 12 to 18 months now it's been 15 months since that july period yeah so realistically it should be fixed but then if you consider from my first dose we're technically at that deadline so why am i not fixed like you know, I don't know whether it's because I've got two doses and obviously it's going to take a lot longer to come out of the system. It could be something along those lines. Right. Um, so I'm just kind of waiting for a miracle is what I'm doing. Like my whole life is on like on pause. Like I said to you, I was going to do all these amazing things. Yeah. But here uh, I am. <laughs> so so <laughs> what, what is life like for you on a day-to-day basis now? You, you should be, no, I assume, life. out at this uh-huh. point, finishing your degree. You're, you're, yeah, no. You should be looking for things you can use that degree for but what is your day-to-day life like so day-to-day life on a good day I'll be able to walk around a small Tesco express on a good day that is it right that is life that is the most exciting part of my day on a bad day I'll be spinning I'll have to put myself back to bed I'll have to sleep it off I'll have to take meds on a on a bad bad day this is what happens but on a typical day I'm usually busy you know, and I can normally kind of function like that until it gets really, really bad. And then I have to lay down and you've got to, a day like today. Yeah. You know, I'm just sat there in bed, my eyes shut, telling you all these different stories. Yeah. So, you know, mainly, I mainly get affected by the breathlessness, the dizziness. The heart rate is my my worst enemy. My heart does not like me. Um, so, you know, I'll be trying to access, like, washing my hands and my heart's like, bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> So, wow. you know, it's using the stair lift. It's sitting in the stair, in the chair when you're, like, having your hair washed and all that. And, um, you know, trying to have a very, very quick shower on a very kind of coldish temperature because, obviously, heat uh, is going to temp- put up some yeah, more. Right. So you've got to be really, really careful and really careful about, obviously, no alcohol, no caffeine. Be careful on your diet and all these different things I've now got to kind of take into consideration, which before I wouldn't have even thought of. You know, no, like, very careful with spicy foods and, Gosh, you know, yeah. and salt. I don't know what it is. Obviously, it's a, I now know it's a pot thing, but salt seems to be my best friend. I, I right. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Salt is my best friend. Loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of water, electrolytes, everything you can think of. I'm doing everything. And yet still, when I stand up, it's not really working. And I ended up having to take my Fitbit off because it was just causing me just, so much anxiety. Yeah, you just, it comes just to a point, you it. just can't take that information in anymore I because it's it. just it worse. Yeah, no, it's horrible. absolutely horrendous. I, I can't, I think, I think the, the biggest thing, and I, I don't, you'll, you'll 
be able to, to mm. tell me if this is the, the biggest thing is the biggest thing is this abandonment like yeah. you're you're left in this sort of um no man's land of of very much. of what what when when's the end when's this gonna yeah we don't know <laughs> we don't really know and... like, there's no to my knowledge there's no clinics for us uh you know you'd think you know you're going to create this vaccine some people are going to get sick as with any vaccine right so why wasn't there measures in place for us? Why? You know, there should be therapists in place because, you know, they've washed their hands of, yeah, of kind the of care. And your support group, is that just set up by people in the same position oh, yeah, as you? Oh, yeah, injured. Yep. We're all okay. in the same boat. All okay. of us in the same boat. Uh, obviously not all got identical symptoms. Some have worse yes. than others. Some have different ones and but we're all sick and we're all kind of clubbing together on this idea that what what is it like what is it about us that make them not want to help us like what is wrong like what do we ever do like I thought we were protecting everyone else yeah nothing you've done nothing other than the the what what was told to be the the right thing as you said you've you've been told one thing and wholeheartedly and I look at it and I'm very much of the thing of like you know you should be aware of what's going on when I first got my vaccine there was no side effects leaflet you know no, and I would know no. that because I always look at the side effects because I'm always likely to experience them yes so because was- of your existing complications yeah. absolutely so, so there wasn't anything like that no that well well quite it's not informed consent is it it's it's you've been given a a promise and it's Mm. all in the air now and all of a sudden that that's disappeared now that you've done your part so Mm. how do you see how do you see the future for you because I mean very uncertain I mean, I can't do anything until I get better. And who knows if I am going to get better? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I obviously had previously, I had very, like, loads and loads of trust in, like, you know, the medical profession and science. And I'm now like, oh, hang on a minute. Now what? Like, I'm sat here Googling my own research all the time, trying to work out what is wrong with me. How can I do it? And, you know. Looking for I solutions. Yeah. And literally, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be them giving me the solutions and apologizing for what's going on. And I feel like it's very similar. Obviously, it's not the same and it cannot be compared. But there was the contaminated blood scandal with the haemophiliacs and uh, the AIDS right. and everything. And that has only just been given um, like acknowledgement, technically. And I look at that and I'm like, and they, I think there's a quote from that that says it should never happen again. Well, here we are. It's not yeah. the same thing, but it's similar in the sense they're not taking responsibility and ownership for what's going on. It's happening again. History is repeating itself and it needs to stop. Like, you know, if you've done something and you know obviously the vaccine has risks, why was there nothing in place to support us? And why every time we speak about it, like I contact my I contacted my MP, we've all contacted our MP and we get directed to the yellow card service oh, uh, or the yellow card scheme. And it's like, yeah, tell everyone your, your symptoms there. Okay, and then what happens? Then what? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. You just report it, and even still, you've reported it. What, what's the point of reporting it? Almost it's on the media. It's yeah. not on the media. You'd think, like, I'm not being funny. If um, there was something else, like if it's a flu vaccine, like I saw an advert the other day that was like, you could get some side effects from a flu vaccine. Okay, right. so if we can all accept that the flu vaccine does it, why can't we accept that the COVID vaccine does it? And if we can all accept 
get COVID can cause all these things, right? All these symptoms, like you get yeah. long COVID and can make people seriously unwell, then why can't we accept that the COVID vaccine, knowing a vaccine, to my knowledge, is taken from a part of a virus, which would have been COVID, why can't we accept that that also does it? You know, I, yeah. and I feel like it's just it's a big uh, division at the minute. You're either team pro or you're team anti-vax, and all the injured are just kind of chilling in the middle, like getting bashed from either side. Yeah. And you know, occasionally we'll get a few people that want to hear our story and hear it openly and not with a bias. You know, you're just like, okay, I just want to hear and share your story, you know. And I guess the way I look at it is if I'd have got COVID, I feel like I would have been looked after. There would have been nurses and doctors rushing around me. Right. Why isn't that the same for the vaccine? It makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's been swept off the carpet and ignored. It's just, I mean, like I said in my jabs post, collateral damage is what comes to mind. Yeah. I'll make sure I link up Charlotte's post as well because the jab post. It's yeah. yeah, It's 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 an important page. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's an important. It's definitely it's hugely important. It's a huge. It's it's a it's a complete um, list of people who have all all found themselves in similar situations that that Charlotte's in right now. But Mm. from a practical perspective, Mm. you know, moving forwards, you know, working. And that that mm. isn't even a, a possibility not an option at the minute, no. right now. And certainly yeah. not in the um, the area that you wanted to no. to work in. No, no, it's but all I, just kind of been stopped. So I'm guessing you 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 wouldn't even be able to go and work in say a, a job which involves very little movement, like in an office or a sedentary well, role because how would you home. get there yeah how would you yeah, get exactly. there how would you I get home? Have to go home all the time yeah I'd be yeah. a really rubbish employee I just have to go mm. home to yeah even so, if you could even make it there this is how long saying. would it be till you would have um, to to lay down to this is where I am get your so heart back to that's what, what, I don't know what else to do and I feel like it annoys me because you see the uh um the whole thing about oh how bad anti-vaxxers are well hang on a minute how bad are all you lot for ignoring us like yes i'm not, I'm not anti-vax if anything the vaccine was anti-charlotte like you know like yeah. he didn't like me and i don't know why but the thing is if we've got the same energy for the anti-vax and how bad these people are and whatnot that's fine the media are like presenting it in that way but why isn't there the same energy for the vaccine being anti-charlotte that should be a really bad thing though shouldn't it you know, it and should I think, be again, being... it comes down to informed consent. People aren't yeah. being told what's going on. You know, Definitely. I'm not going to tell you not to take the vaccine, don't take it, you're all going to die, because that's not what you want to be hearing. You know, we're not all going to die. We're all very worried. We're all very frightened, and we all just kind of stick together at this point. I'm here to tell you that when you get this vaccine, you're more than welcome to. You know, it's your choice to make. I ain't going to tell you it shouldn't. It's your choice to make. I was I was pro-vax. I took the vaccine. If yeah. This is where I'm coming from. You're more than welcome to make that choice. And if you don't want the vaccine, you're more than welcome to make that choice. My my issue lies in informed consent is my nan, right, she went and had her booster done the other day. And I was very lucky because she went and got me all the little leaflets that are telling you all about the side effects at the minute. Oh, really? So side effects leaflet, they say, most of these are mild and short-term, very common side effects, painful arm, feeling tired, headaches, food symptoms, 
you know, and, you know, and they're now also including a, a link to the yellow card app, which says to me, there are loads of us out there because you wouldn't need to do that if it was safe. Definitely. You know, you know Definitely. these symptoms only last less than a week. You know, if you get a new severe headache or pinprick bruising and shortness of breath and, you know, feelings of having a fast beating, fluttering or pounding heart, you should seek medical advice. Well, wasn't that what I was doing? Yeah, absolutely. That, you... And where did that get me? You've done everything. You've done every single thing that, that you could have possibly done. You've done. You've made the right choices. You've, you know, at the time. But those choices were given to you as something that was the right thing to do. And now, looking back, there wasn't informed consent there at all because you were not informed. I wasn't aware all this was going to happen. No, no, no of course not. And I'm assuming you wouldn't have taken it anything. if this was an option. <laughs> Anyone that said anything bad about the vaccine was just branded as conspiracy theorist and crazy. So you didn't think anything of it, you know? Yeah. So but, everywhere, this sort of mental attack has, yeah, this this whole um, gaslighting and mental yeah. attack has happened in so many different directions. Um, yeah. Just pushing people back. The only way is to do this. This mm. is this this is the only way is to to mm. take this this vaccine mm. and every other direction or even with proof beyond measure like yours it's still pushed to the side I've been told there are many others like us so there are loads of us and this is just the people that know about it like people could be walking around like I was going yeah I'm fine how many more people it's you know it's booster season so many more people are going to get jabbed and unfortunately that means logically so many more so many are more are going to be injured yeah and this I, is what's absolutely. sad is you don't know what you're getting yourself into because like i said about that like the uh side effect i've just read to you what's in that little tiny leaflet yeah you google it and on astrazeneca alone i've come across a 132 page document all on the side effects reported to the yellow card scheme so why haven't they included the 132 page document in their in, in their vaccination leaflet you think you know this is what's going on you know you need to do something about it's, it it, it, it is absolutely it's, it's awful the situation that you've been left in not just mm. from i say just not just from the perspective of your health and the mm. the uncertainty but the the abandonment is just it's it's, terrifying. it's yeah and i i do i wonder what the, you know people like you and people that are in your support group and others that have been affected as you have out there what would be the ideal thing to to help moving forwards obviously the ideal thing would be for everybody to get better and for well, for there to be, be no ongoing issues well, there would be but in order for anyone, but, everyone to get better you need to have someone that admits it first yes so there has to be that from a mental perspective but then then there's the health perspective but then there's the support aspect as well because can you be just left to survive an illness which you didn't have with zero support because if if somebody had um, a disability that stopped them from being able to work there would be support there but you've been given a, a a medical issue that's stopping you from being able to to work or to get on with your life and mm. there's no well, I mean you get on with your you life can, you can't you know you can go down the benefit route but that ain't gonna float you especially if cost, no. uh, the cost of living crisis and everything now 
I mean, we're all in awkward predicaments, very awkward predicaments. And I feel like it's affected so much more than just your mental and your physical health. It's also yeah. then going to affect your finances and your, you know, everything. Your, uh, your, <laughs> yeah, your, your future choices. Yeah. I mean, your family relationship, everything gets impacted. Your life gets turned upside down. And for me, living life is like walking on eggshells. You're very much stepping on eggshells and you're like, oh, is this going to annoy it too much? Yeah. Not annoy the heart today. I have to be so, so careful with it. And I feel like at the same time, that's probably going to like land me with a load of deconditioning anyway because I can't physically get out and do it. So that's not going to do my heart any good. But the thing is, when I do try and do that, yeah it doesn't really work so you know people come to me like yeah, go for a walk and I'm like don't you think I would have tried that by now yeah you know, if it was that <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks for that amazing idea I haven't thought of it myself thank you. <laughs> oh, go and tell goodness me but it's happening all over the world it's happening everywhere and it, like I said I'm not a doctor I can't tell you what you should and shouldn't do but what I can tell you is my experience which is what they're not you yeah I can um, tell you what's going on and there are loads of us in the boat and you you know you contact mainstream media and I guarantee you they don't want to know they don't want to know yeah (laughs) there there are a growing I fully feel there are a growing group of people who are starting to come together who's starting to speak to people like you share your stories and really push to make a difference and I'm fully dedicated to making sure that we get voices out there because we talk about you hear some statistics or occasionally somebody Mm -hmm. will say there's a number of people but they're just numbers and figures you're a human who's been through this and I think that telling our stories is the most important thing we can do right now their favorite word at the minute is rare the favorite word is we're all there mm. misinformation if you type anything on social media you get flagged yeah like, COVID-19 show it come and look at the what's really going on and yeah. I'm like oh, hang on a minute I mean when I done my uh, jab injuries post I mean I was contacted multiple times saying that I was shadow banned and you know all oh, my views dropped massively and I was like what you know, yes <laughs> yeah it's I had such a rant the other day I was like I'm mad about it, it was really annoying me but yeah it's not good need more help is what we need yeah absolutely and I just want to thank you for for taking the time to come and speak to me today because I know it's especially I know now that it's not Mm. easy to be able to first of all relive everything and I know you're you're super upbeat and you're days to process it yeah I I refuse to be on the bit because if I do that then I'm gonna come off worse but I'm gonna feel really really low yeah. So I feel like if I put the big ha ha ha, you know, that other yeah. coping mechanism on, I feel a bit yeah. So, you know, yeah. whilst I'm sitting here like, ha this is funny. It's not funny. None of this is funny. This is absolutely horrific. People have died. People have got really, really, really sick, you know, yeah. and there's no help. So at the end of the day, yes, whilst I'm able to tell you in a lighthearted manner to protect myself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a f- coping it's mechanism. Not, mm. You know, it's not good it's really really not good it's absolutely disgusting what's going on yeah um, I fully agree and, I, and I'm just yeah. it, it's hard to hear everything and and know what you've been through yeah. I mean your your mum your sister will and everybody that that you're you know it's surrounding you and it's it's having mm-hmm. an, a, a huge effect and and it's 
yeah I just want to thank you for spending the time to to come and explain it and thank you for listening what a lot of people do and like you said I, I will I will go with like verbal diarrhea and I won't shut up because I've just no, got so much you've got a lot to say and Everyone need to say it yeah and that that's the other important thing you, you need to have that um that voice to be to be listened to because it's it's isolating if if it's you're really, really ignored as well. I felt awful until I found the support group because I was yeah. like, I know this is what's going on now. What? And then I found the support group and all the different things they've learned and you know how they're feeling and finding people my own age was also so helpful. Yeah, so helpful because they can relate. You know, at twenty two, you want to be out and partying and living your life. And yeah, I'm doing... sat here watching everyone else live their life and you know getting married and having kids and having this fantastic career moment and that's all I've ever wanted all I ever wanted was to go on the stage and see my heart I had a very promising career ahead of me and that's now been stolen and it's like well am I ever going to get that back (laughs) you know hi I'm here I exist yeah you know and and the big thing about that we're all misinformation that really annoys me really really annoys me yeah that must be (laughs) it infuriates me so it must absolutely absolutely infuriate you it's um it's shocking but I thank you so much Charlotte for spending some time today if if people want to can very welcome the pleasure is fully mine thank you if people would like to get in touch with you and follow your story where can they find you so i'm not very good at replying on the instagram side of things but you can if you go to the jam injuries page you can find my story there for starters um and you can also find me charlotte sinclair 14 so if you search that on Instagram, but I warn you, I'm not very good at the replying bit. I'm not. I'm more <laughs> likely to reply to my emails, which is charlotteloisinker at gmail.com. More likely to reply to you there. Uh, Instagram, stuff. like I said, like you watch everyone else living their life, and I get a bit like, mm. yeah, <laughs> I understand <laughs> that fully. Like yeah, um, but yeah, that's what I said. And um, I guess the one thing to leave it on would be: it's your choice whether or not you want to get vaccinated, and especially with kids. You know, kids are now coming up for it too yeah it's your choice but you need to be aware of what's going on and what they're not telling you and the biggest biggest thing is that when you get sick there's no help you know and I think that needs to change there needs to be help there needs to be people speaking out the media need to own it because at the end of the day the more jabs people have the more people are going to get up and the more and more people are going to accumulate you know it's already higher you know so you know we need help is what we need we need people to listen we need people to you know get clinics and you know perhaps therapists and help us get back to normal yeah at least a better better stage than what we are now that's that's what we need we need help (laughs) we're not misinformation we're not rare we exist we're human beings i'm here i'm able to feel and think the same way as you are and it doesn't matter which side of the argument on you're on you need help we can all accept that if someone's sick they need help so why are we not getting help you know it it just annoys me yeah no I I fully feel that I fully feel it it's absolutely it's shocking Mm. the situation that that people have been been left in thank you for taking the time to just you just told us so you've just led us through such a good (laughs) yes you've beautifully shared your your story and and I think the the key parts like you said you've really close those off nicely at the end Mm. there in that you 
help something needs to be done something needs to be done so I will be sharing far and wide and I will continue to share people's stories like yours I hope we can stay in touch and uh, I would (laughs) hopefully we'll we'll be speaking again and I'll be hearing that there's improvement and you're starting to head out on that career which um, I'm sure you will I hope so Okay, Charlotte, thank you so much for being here and bye for now. See you later. Well, I'm sure you'll agree that Charlotte's experience is truly shocking and I can't get away from the fact that she's just one of the many, many stories that are out there that need to be shared. These people that have been injured, that are suffering, are not just a number. If you have your story to share, please get in touch with me at the Mrs. Watt anywhere online. Send me a DM and let's get your story shared. This is important. This is powerful. Let's make sure we keep sharing. Accountability is the only way forwards and out of the other side of this incredibly confusing and difficult few years. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you.